The 20-year-old suspect, accused of killing four members of a Muslim family with his pickup truck in London, Ontario, appeared in court today where the case was put over until Monday. Nathaniel Veltman is facing four counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder. There were no additional charges laid during the pre-court appearance, which saw Veltman connect vir- or virtually pardon me, from the Elgin Middlesex Detention Center. The next date for hearing is, as I mentioned, on Monday. That's on Monday, June 14th. What happened on Sunday night was not unimaginable. It was not unthinkable. It was part of a Facebook post from my next guest, who is a former progressive conservative candidate in London. I'm pleased to welcome to the program Ali Shabar. Hi, Ali. Hi, Alan. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, how are you? Let's let's just begin with you and and the how you're feeling in in your community, your friends. Yeah, it's uh, it's still raw in uh, here in London. Uh, everything is still fresh. I know it feels like a lifetime, but we're talking about. Um, events that took place 72, you know, to 96 hours ago. And so uh, we're still, we're still in a state of mourning in London. We're still grieving uh, the loss uh, of this family and trying to come to grips with uh, what took place uh, here. Uh, Ali, why did you um, say that, you know, we shouldn't be calling this unimaginable or unthinkable? Well, I think well-intentioned people were using the term, well, this is an unthinkable tragedy or this is unthinkable that this could happen in, in London, Ontario. And as well-intentioned or well-meaning as, uh, as they were uh, when they said that, I, I don't think it's accurate. Um, it may be unthinkable for, for a cross-section of the community, whether it's in here in London or Ontario or right across the country, but there are many, many, many people myself included, that think about these types of things on a regular, if not daily basis. Uh, When I walk into the mosque on a Friday for Friday prayers, my mind often turns to what happened in New Zealand with the New Zealand shooting that killed 51 people. Or if we want to bring it closer to home to the Quebec mass shooting, uh, Quebec City mass shooting, uh, these are thoughts that cross my mind where, where I think, well, I may walk into the mosque on a Friday afternoon, but maybe I'll be carried out. And maybe my wife will lose a husband and my three young children will lose a father. So when people say that this is unthinkable, um, it's probably because they don't have to think about it. But that's not true for everybody, myself included. Right. So living with this this fear, if I could describe it as that, or, or just this this awareness of the potential threat? What does that do to your state of mind? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say... I, I, I'm not going to let a degenerate uh, coward, uh, a criminal, a terrorist who committed these acts to put us in a state of fear. I'm not fearful, and I will not allow... And I speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure it's a sentiment that would be shared right across the Muslim community and the the greater community that uh, if your objective was to instill fear in the hearts of of people, you failed miserably. You've had the opposite effect. You've brought people together. Um, But the way you've characterized it, Alan, the word that you use is awareness. That, I think, is a more proper and accurate descriptor of what, what it is. There's an awareness now Um, that permeates specifically over the last 72 to 96 hours uh, where there are members of the Muslim community um, uh, that are thinking to themselves, well, if it's not even safe to go out for a walk, the most 
innate, the most mundane, the most you know simplest of acts. Really, one of the only things we can do in this COVID state of reality that we're in right now uh, is go out for walks. That's what we're being encouraged to do. And so there is an awareness now um, that uh, you know to be cognizant of your surroundings and to be aware of what um, was previously inconceivable, but now sadly uh, uh, we have to consider when we walk out our front door. Give me a sense of your your experience as a candidate in London, as a Muslim candidate, you know, running for a progressive conservative party. Um, you know, going door to door is isn't easy for any politician of any political stripe. You're going to encounter hostility, I think. But what was your experience? Um, well, there, there's a general uh, kind of a macro experience and a micro experience. The the macro experiences was probably in line to your point with any candidate of any party that knocks on any door during any election. Um, there are some people who are going to like you and support you, and there's others who are not because they just don't align with your political party's interests. So that would probably be in line with the common experience. I did experience, uh, and I'll preface it by saying um, it was an exception to the, to the rule. The norm was decency. The norm was courtesy. The norm was respect. But I did have a number of experiences where uh, it wasn't your run-of-the-mill opposition. There were times where um, racist, discriminatory, bigoted comments were made directly to me, and other times uh, where uh, they were more veiled in, in nature. Uh, and uh, sadly, it's, it's a commentary on the fact that, um, despite the fact that I love my city, truly, I was born and raised and educated, and I, I work here and I raise my family here. Uh, I love this city with, with all my being, but it's a work in progress. And um, London, uh, I think, is a, a microcosm of a larger experience. You could say London in this specific context, but really take London out of it and, and, and insert any major city across Canada or North America for that fact. And I, I would imagine that we're, we'd be dealing with this similar things or having similar conversations. And so uh, for me, it, it, it serves to reinforce that while London is a, is a great city, there's still work to be done. And um, we, we, it may be a byproduct of, on a personal level, introspection, self-reflection, and on a larger level, maybe uh, uh, re-examining our approach from an education perspective or from a policy perspective. But uh, there is no doubt that it is a great city, but it can be better. Speaking with Ali Shabar, who's a former progressive conservative uh, from the uh, city of London, we're talking about uh, the tragedy on uh, Sunday night. Um, I, I wonder if there's been a lot of discussion in the last couple of days about you know the amplification of um, racist or um, anti-Islam sentiment in social media and, and in the media just generally. Could you comment on what you see or or your perspective on that well uh, i guess it, I, I don't know if amplification I mean, obviously in, in recent in recent days uh that may be the case just because it's it's headline news on on you know right across uh, the, the the local regional and national stage and actually even international uh, to to some degree um but uh, it's a it's a reality that um the Muslim community has had to deal with on a long-standing basis. Uh, our, our our memories stretch back to uh, you know to the 90s uh, or to to, to 9/11 and the fallout from that. And so, uh, while I understand um, that in recent days uh, that that it's been front and center, 
uh, in the public uh, uh, conscience uh, for the Muslim community. And for, to, to be honest with you, Alan, uh, not just the Muslim community, but you know, for members of other visible minority communities, for the Indigenous community, for the Black community, for uh, other communities across um, uh, this country, for far too many people, it's a daily reality where we have to consider uh, and deal with the impact and implications of um, uh, day-to-day discrimination, whether it be in the form of improper comments, um, uh, an inappropriate joke, um, uh, you know, direct overt racism, or whether we're talking about in the context of institutionalized uh, systemic discrimination uh, that, that finds itself, uh, you know, embedded as part of the, as part of the system. It, it's, it's highlighted, yes, uh, to your point, it is highlighted more so in the last few days, but it's not, that's not to suggest that it hasn't been front and center for, for a good number of people in this country for a long, long time. Yeah, I absolutely take your point there. Absolutely. Um, I, do you do you have a, a sense of hope that there is a there's something positive to come out of of this horrible event? I, I do. I really do. Um, despite the tragedy, despite the death, the destruction, despite the shattering of our collective innocence, I, I really do um, see this at least the potential. For, for good to come from this. If, I know that may be hard, a hard conception uh, to have at this point when we're so close to the actual event, but the way I'm looking at it is if we truly want to honor the memory of this family, if we truly want to um, um, honor their, their, their lives, their sacrifice, the best thing that we can do is to not just engage in talk, not just engage in the rhetoric, uh, but to actually do the work that comes afterwards. And I know there's a time and place for that, and we're still mourning and we're still grieving, but the mourning period and the grieving period will pass. It'll come to an end. And that's when, at that point, that's where the introspection and the self-reflection needs to turn into concrete action. And I, and I see it similar to what um, kind of the aftermath of the George Floyd um, uh, tragedy down in the United States uh, and how that served as a catalyst for um, unity and for coming together and for protests and for an increased awareness uh, as to the not just the incident itself but the factors that gave rise to the incident and I think if we if we as you know Londoners as we as Ontarians as we as Canadians if we leave this tragedy and not do anything about it, it even makes it more tragic. But if we leave this tragedy and it's a catalyst for positive work and it's a catalyst for change and it's a catalyst for uh, better days, then I, I, I'm optimistic that at least we, maybe we'll never, ever be able to eliminate the possibility that this will happen again, but at least we can take the steps to mitigate that possibility and, and let that be the legacy of this family. Let that be the legacy. Thank you, Allie. I appreciate your time. Please be well. Thank you, Alan. Have a good one. It is Ali Shabar, a former progressive conservative candidate in London, talking about the reality of being Muslim in that city and in this country.